Well, for me, the pathway really is very simple. And it really is very simple for all of us. If we just keep our focus inward and upward, if we just keep our focus on God, if we just keep putting God first in all that we do, the path gets really simple. Because then we're putting things in the proper level of importance. It's all about God. Because we ourselves, the soul, is God in the world. So why not put your soul first? Why not put that aspect of God that dwells in you first and begin to live more into that essence of the truth of who you are? I have found it very easy to live in the loving, to live in the accepting, to live in the forgiveness, to live in the focus of meditation when I put God first. When I put the world first, when I make what other people say more important than what I know, I forget God. I stop looking inward and upward. And I'm focused in the world and I get caught up in the chaos of the world. But if I stay focused inward and upward in my day, in my meditation, even in my dreams, then my life is very simple. It's all an action of loving. And the chaos becomes quiet. There is no turmoil. There is no pain. There is no separation. It's very interesting. Uh, a few months ago, somebody asked about this whole thing of living in separation. And how is it we're caught up in se separation, but yet at the same time I say that we're in the heart of God. We never left. And one day you'll wake up and you'll know that. And when they asked that question, I saw them as a child. And I saw them being held by God as a child would be held by its parent. And instead of the child looking at the parent, the child was looking out into the world like, oh, look at all the toys, look at all the fun. And all it could see was what was out there. And all the time, the parent was talking to the child and telling it things that the child really wanted to hear, but it was always looking out there. And in that instant, I knew that all it would take is for the child to turn back around and really just focus on the parent that was present there and really connect with the loving that was there, and they would have everything they wanted. But because they turned away, now their focus was out there and they thought that that's what they wanted. All that glitter, all that glamour, all that toy, all that fun. And that's what's happened with the soul. When we as soul were dwelling in the realms of spirit fully, and all of our focus and all our attention and all our consciousness was in the soul realm, where we as soul was created by God, we lived ever looking to God because we lived in God's loving, we lived in God's flow, we lived in God's light, we lived in God's sound. And there was no place that we could look that God wasn't. But then we looked down and out for a moment and we looked into the world in realms of reflection and we got caught up in the reflection. 
Have you ever been at the ocean and the sun is setting and all of a sudden the light hits the water in such a way that there's a million sparkles across the surface of the water as the water is just kind of gently bouncing around? And it's just amazing to see all that light shimmering. Well, that's how it was for the soul. When we were in the realm of soul and we looked out upon the waters of this creation, of the physical world. And what does it say that God stirred the waters? And all of a sudden, in that stirring, in that movement of the waters of this creation, we got caught up in all the sparkles that appeared in that stirring up of the water. And we went and began to pursue those sparkles, trying to figure out what is that? Where did that come from? How does that work? Oh, God, that's so beautiful. I want to get closer. I want to go into those sparkles. And before long, we were so caught up in chasing after the world of reflection that we lost sight totally, lost memory, lost knowing of the realms of soul, the realms of spirit and of God. And we for the most part, have been chasing after all these reflections in this world ever since. And that's just fine. God's fine with it. If we choose to go after the reflection, God will let us do it. Isn't that what a parent does? Eventually the parent has to say, well, go, now go have your experience. I've taught you the best I can. I've given you all the tools and the wisdom I have to give you. And if you feel you need to go do that, then you go do that to find out on your own if that's really true or not, if that works for you or not. And that's what God did. God said, hey, then go have fun. Enjoy wherever it is you're going to go. Isn't that the story of the prodigal son? The soul left the palace of the father and went out into the world to have experience. Well, that's what we did. But the nice thing is, we didn't really leave the palace of the Father. We are right there now. The soul did not leave. It's just our attention has been attracted away. Our focus and our awareness is focused into the reflection, even though our soul remains in the realm of spirit right now. We are in the hands of God. We are being cradled right in God, right now, as soul, in perfect loving, in perfect joy, in perfect peace. It's just that we, as soul, are looking away and believing something that isn't really true. Meditation is a way by which to begin to connect back to the truth. Instead of looking down and out into the world of reflection, you're asked to look inward and upward. And that inward and upward motion of moving your awareness back to its original state is allowing you to begin to remember And that's a key in meditation, looking inward and upward and holding your attention 
ever upward, ever upward, and let it ever move higher and higher in the awakening action to where you can fully awake into the arm of God and be there as a loving soul that you are and realize you never left. You looked into the world of illusion. You went asleep and having a great dream. Well, maybe it's not such a great dream. Maybe it's kind of a bad dream. But it's a dream. And the key now is to wake up. Just as Rumi said, wake up, wake up, and don't go back to sleep. And so by going in our focus, inward and upward, we're beginning to choose into that action of waking up once again. We're choosing not to go to sleep again. We're going to bring ourselves awake. And every time you sit down to meditate, you wake up a little bit more and a little bit more. I mean, it'd be great if you could sit down and in five minutes wake up fully and the knowing that you are in God's arms, that you are in God, that you never left. But you have all the illusion that you have standing between you and God. All these beliefs, all these desires, all these things that have been put on you, all these things that you've put on your own consciousness having to do with the illusion that you have to make your way through. And that may take a little while to do. And for some, it's very discouraging because they sit down, well, I didn't get it in the last hour, so forget it. You know, I used to work at a health food store. I managed three stores here in Austin. I managed several in San Antonio years before that. I was a clinical nutritionist. And I would get people coming in. The doctors would send them sometimes. Sometimes they would come on their own wanting to know, what can I take for my arthritis? What can I take for headaches? What can I do for this and that? And many people would come in because they had cancer, and they'd go, okay, so what vitamins do I take? I don't want this cancer. I've got to get rid of it. I've got to get healed. And I'd tell them, you know, it took you a long time to develop cancer, to develop the situation in your body where you have arthritis or an immune factor. And it's going to take a while for you to rebuild the body again. And you may have let the body tear down so much that you may never really rebuild it back up to where it was originally. But you can rebuild. So you want to take these vitamins, you want to take these minerals, you want to take these enzymes, you want to take these supplements on top of that, you want to take this herbal combination. And people would look and go, are you kidding me? I just came in here for a pill. You know, I just want a pill, and I want to take the pill a day, and it'll be gone. And I go, then go to the doctor. He'll give you a pill. You take that pill a day, and maybe the pain will be gone. Maybe the disturbance and distress will be gone. And who knows, maybe even the cancer will be gone because it'll be a chemotherapy tablet. But I don't have that here. I have things that are going to build you up. And help to restore you back to where you were. And if that's what you want to do is the restoration, 
then these are the things to do for the body. Well, what we're sharing here is a restoration of your soul. But it's not the same kind of restoration that I'm talking about with the body. There's nothing you have to build up, nothing you have to change with the soul. The restoration is restoring the knowing of itself as a spiritual essence and allowing it to live as a spiritual being fully all the time, as much as you can. And that's what meditation does. Meditation pulls the awareness that has been trapped into the world through the mind, and it begins to pull that awareness back up, 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 and above the mind to where the soul can once again wake up to itself fully. Wake up, wake up, and don't go back to sleep. When the soul came into this creation, it couldn't experience in the physical world because it's spirit. And this physical creation is physical, material in nature. It is not spiritual, not at all. And in truth, it's all illusion. It doesn't even really exist. It's a world of reflection. You look into the mirror of a reflection of yourself or of a room, And it looks real, but try reaching for that glass that's sitting on the table. Try fixing your hair in the mirror and see what happens. It's a reflection. It is not real. So this action of meditation is drawing your attention away from the world of reflection and bringing your attention back into the true, into the real. And it's withdrawing that which is the soul essence that is trapped through the mind and its focus into the world that has gotten caught in the body, in your imagination, in your emotions, and in your mind, and pulling it all back up once again to the spiritual eye center above the mind and giving the opportunity for the soul to stop looking down and out because of the direction the mind has been pulling it and allow it to once again look up. That's why we keep looking up. Inward and upward, inward and upward, inward and upward. Inward, we're drawing the soul essence up and upward, we're moving the soul's attention back home to where it came from. And then we go home. And going home is just wake up. We just wake up and we know, oh my God, I'm here. I've always been here. I've never left. And then I'll tell you, once you begin to glimpse just the inkling of the true light, just as I talked about earlier, seeing all those sparkles on the ocean surface, once you begin to see the source of that light that is a reflection on the water, you'll never look at the water the same again because it's such a weak nothingness of reflection compared to the truth of the light that it is is reflecting. And then you'll always look to that light because it's so much more intense and so much more beautiful than anything in this creation. Anything. 
But to see that light, you've got to spend time withdrawing your attention from this world. Pulling the soul back inward and upward above the mind so that the soul's attention can turn once again back to its source, back to the truth, back to its home, and just wake up. And then you meditate every day, waking up more, waking up more. And every time you do, the illusions that you have been holding on to, the illusions that have been blocking you from living in the truth of who you are in God right now, begin to fall away because your frequency is going so much higher into the realms of spirit that the illusions can't hold on to you anymore. And the nice thing is you can't hold on to them. That's even a greater blessing. Because one thing I've seen, especially when people are first starting to wake up and the illusions start to slip away, is for the person to turn back down and go, wait, 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 don't go away. Where are you going? And they try to bring all that illusion around them and hold on to it and keep it right here near them while they're looking to God. Well, eventually, you can't hold on to it. You can't hold on to it because it becomes so heavy. The essence of the world is so heavy, it just falls away. And you realize, after a while, you just don't want it anymore. You don't need it anymore. It doesn't serve you. And it certainly isn't fulfilling you. I remember when I was in high school and I finally took a subject I was really good at. And I was getting all A's, all A's, all A's because I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. And I began to feel like somehow I could take that out into the world and have the world be that, just like that class where I would be getting all A's. And I graduated, and I went out and got my first job, and it was nothing like what I had imagined it to be. All of a sudden, the world created more separation and more judgment and more unworthiness of inside myself because that's what the world offers us. That's what the world does to keep us in our place, to keep us trapped here. And at the same time, it was offering all this other glamour. Well, if you do all these things and you get them done right, you can become a manager or an assistant manager. And if you become an assistant manager or a manager, here's the amount of money you're going to make. Yeah, you're not making any money right now. You can't live off of this. But if you become this, you'll become a manager and you'll make all this money. So I started working towards that goal. Just like the teacher in high school told me and told all of us, if you want to make an A in this class, you're going to have to work for it. Well, at first I didn't like that. But the way he taught, it was very inspiring. It was very much an enjoyment. And the thought of getting this A by doing all this extra work was an enjoyable action. And I learned to really enjoy the process of learning, the process of doing. 
for me. I was doing it for me because I wanted the A. And so I decided to apply that to becoming a manager. And eventually I did become a manager. And eventually there was more money there. And at first, for a little second, it was like, wow, this is it. Oh my God, this is great. I'm here. I'm doing it. But have you ever had that happen? Where all of a sudden you get exactly what you wanted. You get that partner in your life. You get that car. You get that job. You get the position. You get the money or whatever it is. And for a moment, it's everything. You're just so happy because you've done it. And then the responsibilities of it come on you. The actions and reactions of it come on you, whatever it might be. And all of a sudden, the glamour and the glitz is gone. And you're right back into the world once again, wondering, well, that didn't fulfill it. So now what? I have found that the only place I find fulfillment, true fulfillment, is inside. And the true fulfillment for me is living in the essence of the loving that is in soul. To living in that loving presence of God. To be able to look inward and upward, and there's God. There's that light. There's the sound. There's the peace. There's the truth. And when I do loving, accepting, and forgiving in the world, and I still do it, because the world is ever going to throw things at you to try to get between you and God. I just look up, and I love whatever that is. I love it. I accept it. I forgive myself for allowing it in. I forgive them for trying to put it upon me. And I just give it all to God, and I say, I'm with you, God, wherever you want to take me, whatever you want. That's what I want. And I wish I did it all the time, but there are times the world will throw something in, into my path, and I go into reaction. And I may stay in reaction for a while, but that's okay. Okay. Because I know that's how the world works, and I know how this body works. But I also know how to get out of the reaction, and that is to look back upward, to look to God and to do LAF with it, whether it's with another person or a situation or with myself. And oftentimes, it's about myself. I'm the one who went into reaction. The world came in and just teased me and tickled me and got me to react. Maybe it was a painful tickle, but it was a tickle. And all I have to do is go back in and forgive myself and love myself and accept myself in this situation and then look to see how do I handle it now. And maybe I have something I've got to do that I just don't want to do. Maybe I have to take the responsibility for an old action that caused reaction in the world. And now I've got to take responsibility and bring it into balance in the world so it can come back into balance inside myself. It's a lot of different things that can be going on. But if you just keep the loving moving ever before you, everything opens up, reveals itself, 
And eventually, if not immediately, it comes quiet. I say eventually because our own wishes and desires will also get intermixed with it, and it might make it linger more. If it's somebody else's stuff, it's very easy to let go of. If it's your stuff, it's not so easy sometimes. But the key is you keep doing it. Find what works for you and keep doing it. Isn't that what? Well, that's what my mom told me to do. I don't know what your mom told you to do. Maybe she just said, no, turn around and run the other way. <laughs> that works too. The problem is, have you ever been in a dream where you come up against a monster and you start running and the monster starts running after you? So really, turning around and running the other way doesn't really work because the situation just follows after you. But if you stop and turn around and face it, more than likely, the monster's going to dissolve. It's going to go away. I've done that in dreams. And once you face it in loving, once you face it and accept it just as it is, it often just dissolves or else it transforms. My brother, when I was younger, not just on Halloween, but every so often during the year, he would he had these horror masks, and he would put a horror mask on and hide in a closet, hide outside the back door, hide under my bed and jump out. That I really didn't like. <laughs> All kinds of things. And... Then I would have dreams about it. And I learned in the dream to turn around and just yell at him, you know, because of what he was doing. And then I just learned to turn in the dream and look at him and go, oh, hi. And so I tried doing that one day when he jumped out and scared me. It wasn't quite as easy as in the dream. Because I was still like, I didn't like it. I was bad. I wanted to hurt him. I wanted to run away. I wanted to do all this stuff. But I went, finally, oh, hi. And he looked at me. He had the mask pulled up. And he looked at me and he says, aren't you afraid? Well, I had been. (laughs) But I said, no, I knew it was you. And he never did it after that. Never did it again because it was like no more fun for him. Well, that's kind of how it is on the inner levels. Once you stand up to the energy, it's like, well, no use chasing after him. He's no fun. Let's go chase them. They're still afraid of us. The consciousness of the physical world ever wants to keep us in fear. It's up to us to step above the fear. It's up to us to move past the fear and stand in the truth of who we are as loving, as forgiving, as accepting, as our own true power. Not to be in reaction, but to be in action. And that's a key to loving, accepting, and forgiving. When you're in the process of loving, accepting, and forgiving, you are taking action 
And in taking action, you take charge in your life. And isn't that what we all want? We want to take charge. We want to have control of our life. We're so tired of other people controlling us. And believe me, as long as you're in a physical body, there are going to be sources in the world ever trying to control you or maybe even having control over you in the physical. I mean, tomorrow you have to pay your taxes or somebody's going to have control over you and say, why didn't you pay your taxes? And that control then makes you pay your taxes. So that's going to happen. But how do you approach that action? I remember the very first job I had, and the very first time I did my taxes, I went to H&R Block, I sat down, we went through everything, and I owed a little bit of money. And I thought, oh, man, I really can't afford this. This is terrible. I, I wanted money to come in, but for some reason I owed a little bit of money. And I went and I was in meditation, and I could feel this irritation between me and God. I could just feel this energy blocking me from going up. And I said, okay, I'm not going to let you stop me. I don't want anything between me and God. What do I have to do here? And I heard a voice inside say, give it up. Just give it up. And pay the taxes. But do it in joy. And I went, yeah, right, pay the taxes and joy. Really be joyful in paying my taxes. All right. So I did my meditation. I finally got past it, and I was above it. And as I was coming down, there it was. Well, usually if I would get past it, it would would not be there anymore, or it would be so weak it wouldn't really be a barrier. But I was coming back down, and it was a barrier. It was there. And then I realized I really have to do something about this. And I've got to do it the way I was shown, be joyful in it. So I came on back through, came into my body, got up, and I went right to my checkbook, and I got my checkbook, and I got my taxes, and I wrote out the check, and I did it as, as much loving as I could. And I said, I love the opportunity to pay the government these taxes. I love that I live in this country. I love this opportunity of serving in this way. And I tore the check out and I put it in the envelope. And all of a sudden, everything was quiet. It was all peaceful inside. So I thought, I'm going to find out. I sat down, I closed my eyes, I went back inside in meditation. I looked up and it wasn't there. It was wide open right into God. Wide open. And I went, oh my gosh. That's when I realized how much these little irritations in the world can stand between us and God. And ever since then, if I owe money to the government for my taxes, I do it in loving. I pay it in loving. I pay it in gratitude. And it makes all the difference. 
Aren't we told, give unto Caesar that which is Caesar's and to God that which is God's? Well, God doesn't want your money. God doesn't need your money because God is of soul, of spirit. Money doesn't have any value to, to the realms of spirit. And God showed me his private printing press anyway. He can print any currency he wants. <laughs> He's got all kinds of gold. <laughs> so he wants your soul to wake up and know the truth of itself once again. That's what God wants. And Caesar wants his money. So to keep it in balance, give God your soul and give Caesar his gold. And just know that this is the function of these two creations, of these two realities. To fight it, to make it wrong, it's not going to serve you. So, keep God first. In any situation, find God. With people I get really upset with or angry with, or they're angry with me and coming at me, I look to see the God in them first. I look right up here, and I say, Lord, I know you dwell in them just as you dwell in me. And I want to be in loving with you. And I don't want anything to come between me and you. So let me find a way to be with you now in joy and in peace and in loving. And I ask that you be at peace and joy and loving with the God that dwells in me. And it helps me to just begin to find words by which I can communicate in a way that loving comes awake and alive in the, in the action. Play with it, but keep God first. And you're going to find your life changing. And do your meditation every day, however long it is or however short it is, and have God first in there. And you're going to find your days will change. Maybe not that day on the first day of your meditation, but as you do it, you build up the power of loving inside. You build up the power of loving in the world with you. And your life and your days are going to change. And that I do know. I have lived it and I have witnessed other people living it as well. And it takes time. People that get initiated and receive the sacred name of God and begin to use that sacred name of God over and over in their meditation, they wake up and they begin to live the truth of their soul awakening. But it doesn't happen in one week. It doesn't happen in one month. It may not happen for a year. It may not happen for three years. It takes the time it takes. You just keep doing it until it happens. But when it happens, your life is transformed. Not the world. I wish the world was transformed. But your life is transformed in the way you live into the world and move in the world. And even how the world will respond to you is transformed.